Pro wrestling has a real weird relationship with male beauty. The product is heavily marketed to straight men, but it's also an extremely image-conscious business where men shred their bodies trying to attain the Olympian ideal, they squeeze themselves into tight trunks, and then they slather themselves in oil. Fans are conditioned to expect their male stars to be shiny muscle gods, but also for that sexual appeal to go unaddressed. So what happens when one of these Adonises becomes aware of his own attractiveness and uses it to appeal not to the weird Grecian aesthetics of straight men, but to the otherwise bored wives and girlfriends they've dragged to the matches? The answer, of course, is pure magic. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's Rick Rude, Simply Ravishing. probably uh, introduce ourselves so that the listeners can tell us apart. Uh, this is Matt. I'm the host. This is Matt. Take careful note of my voice. This is Matt. I sound very similar, but I am Tara. Please don't confuse the two of us. No, please don't. It's going to make this whole thing very confusing. I'm the host. I'm your guide. Tara's one of you. She's here. She's she's along, with the, along for the ride with I'm us. A, I'm a lay person. A lay person. I'm an audience member. Would that be like a wrestling layperson? Yeah, you're 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 a, a paying customer, I guess. You're one of the great unwashed. You're out there oh, no. flagging down the cotton candy man. Oh, like in the audience. <gasps> yes. Oh wow. Oh wow. That's, yeah. That's right. And, okay. And all of you out there are about to uh, uh, party down on some auditory cotton candy. <laughs> Do you okay? So I have a question about this because I've I've only been to like one like wrestling like event in my life. So you're heading me off at the past. My question was going to be, what is your experience with pro wrestling? But please go okay, ahead. No, it's, I it's my podcast. Whatever. It's no, it's super fine. important. Okay, so you know when you went to like the Izod Center or like the, it was the Continental Airlines Arena when we were younger, and you went to like they had the circus there, and they would sell you the fucking like snow cone that was like a lion's head. This question is not about did, wrestling, but please continue. Did they do that? Do they do that for wrestling events? Like, can you get a snow cone out of like a plastic Hulk Hogan head? <laughs> well, let me tell you something, brother. My Hulk Hogan is not very good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, that's one of my great regrets: is that my Hulk Hogan is not great. Um, I have never eaten cotton candy out of a giant Hulk Hogan head, or even a small Hulk. Do you Hogan know what head. I'm talking about, though? It's yes. Like a snow cone thing. Yes. Okay. I'm familiar with the concept. Um, I'm sure that somewhere, WWE, the marketing machine that they are, has made snow cone cups shaped like somebody, probably Hulk Hogan. You know, it would be really smart if they had one and it was filled with popcorn, but the popcorn was like, I guess like in a bag, you know, some of the, and you could just like empty and put it in there, but the popcorn like was cascading over the back of his Dolph Ziggler one. <laughs> So it looked like his disgusting hair. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph With like popcorn, a popcorn cascade. Dolph popcorn head Ziggler. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I actually do know a little bit more about this than 
you'd expect. So my brother is really into wrestling, mm-hmm. or was, I guess he's, you know, he's like 20 now. Like, he's sort of in that phase where, like, things aren't allowed to be cool, and then he sure. can start getting into things again in, like, a sure. year or two. Sure, yes. So, when nobody's looking. Yeah, so when I was younger, like, I grew up in the era of those popsicles, like the ice cream popsicles with the chocolate uh, dip yes. and the wrestler printed on the front. Uh, somewhere a CM Punk is smiling right now. And that was like my only experience with wrestling as a kid. So I knew those ice cream treats, mm-hmm. which were delicious. Mm-hmm. And I knew um, what The Rock... I didn't know what The Rock was cooking, but I knew that he was, was preparing something in the kitchen. He, he was he was cooking <laughs> some Dolph Ziggler-themed popcorn. <laughs> or maybe an ice cream bar with, like, I don't know, the badass Billy Gunn on it. I don't know who that is. Oh, man, I should have picked a better one. Okay, we're going to cut this out. We're going to cut this out. <laughs> um, uh, the Big Red Machine Kane? I don't Did know. Did that land? Name. How about the goddamn Undertaker? I know who the Undertaker is because he looks like Fraser Crane. Boom, he absolutely does. He absolutely Niles, does. Niles, <laughs> this is the worst idea you've ever had. It's my favorite tweet of all time. Do I have to do my Kelsey Grammer impression right now? Do you have one? I don't know. I'm going to dig deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that I do. I'm assuming that okay, I do. Okay, we're going to let this happen. Okay. Rest in peace. No? No? That was that, bad. No, that was actually good. It was good? Okay. I actually would have like, guessed who that was. Okay. Wow. It's not um, a bad... No. Well, you know what it is? It's a, I watched a lot of The Simpsons growing up. That was straight sideshow Bob is what that was. Okay, it's a li- yeah, I think it's a little different than oh, just like a... Oh, rakes. My arch nemesis. Ooh. Yeah, it's a little different than the, you know, scrambled eggs all over my face. <laughs> what is a boy to do? do, 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 do. Um, okay, so I knew the popsicle treats. I knew about the rock cooking shit up in the kitchen. Sure. Um, he wasn't hot yet, so he was just like another emerald in my life. Like someone preparing culinary experiences. He he was not yet the most famous and beloved man on earth. Yeah. Which which is... He still had hair, which was his, like, his, what was holding him back. Yeah. Um, What else did I know? Kind of a reverse Samson situation. Is there a person named Rikishi? Yeah, actually, The Rock's cousin was Rikishi. I know. There was this kid, um, Chris, in my class who would always do the the dance. Like, he would, like, you know, wave his arms, and then he would do, like, the dance, and he was really fucking weird so like it <laughs> he was weird in the sense that like he would do this and like no one else really knew it except for like the five kids in my class who were like really okay. into wrestling so I knew that and then like nothing about wrestling uh, for those not in the know Rikishi was the Rock's cousin he played a sumo wrestler who was really into bad hip hop dancing and he had a oh. giant butt which he would rub on people and he called it the stink face professional oh. wrestling serious high culture I didn't know that at all Aren't you happier now that you know it? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so then I went through that phase of like, you know, high school, college, emerging feminism, like wrestling is misogynist. The yeah. only thing I knew about women was like Stacey Keebler's giant fucking legs. Um, that's all I knew. And then my brother, who was seven years younger than me, got really into wrestling. And so, you know, would walk around with the fucking like Daniel Bryan beard, mm-hmm. which he has. It's a, it's a fake beard that one can wear <laughs> on the face. Right. And, like, he's got the wrestling belt downstairs, so I started taking him to Comic-Con so he can meet wrestlers. And I learned a little more about them through that. Um, He, let's see, I took him to meet Mick Foley, who was so nice. Mick Foley is sort of legendarily sweet. 
he was like, and my brother had the Daniel Bryan beard on in the photo, so Mick took a couple photos with him that I was taking. And then Mick was like, hey, why don't you pull down the beard? Because I guess he realized, like, my brother would eventually want a photo where his face wasn't obscured. <laughs> right, right, sure. Yeah, my brother was, like, 13 or something, so he wasn't thinking about that. So he did, and he took, like, six photos with my brother. Really nice guy. I started learning more about Dolph Ziggler, who's, like, my preferred bicycle seat of choice. That man's got a jawline that could cut glass. Oh, it's, it's a lot. I, I do... I do very much want him. Um, I watched McFoley's documentary, which I thought was great, the Santa Claus one. Have you seen that? I haven't, but actually Santa Claus is sort of the closest uh, relationship that I have with McFoley. Uh, my best friend, Stephen the Train Graham, I know you're listening. Uh, uh, his father, uh, Howie Graham, okay. is one of the uh, major Santas. He was actually the main Santa at Radio City Music Hall. A couple of years oh, back. Oh, cool. Yeah, which affords him, like, weird Santa Don privileges. Mm-hmm. And Mick Foley apparently reports to him for Santa things. Reports to him like there's a chain of command? There's a, like, there's, hey, can you give me advice? No, there's absolutely a chain of Santa command. There's, like, a whole shadow oh, Santa hierarchy. Everything. Listen, I would love to. It really has absolutely nothing to do with wrestling, though. No. We're very far afield, Tara. We're so far afield. I'm very sad. Let's get back to Dolph Ziggler, though. Okay. Because, um... So tacky, but yes. so handsome. Dolph Ziggler is actually, in a roundabout way, the reason that you're on the podcast. Huh. Um, because, if you remember when I originally pitched this podcast to you... Yes. Um, I think we were at a burlesque show at the time. I think, yeah. Um, because that's just the sort of people we are, apparently. Mm-hmm. I had mentioned that I wanted to do a podcast like this. And your immediate response to professional wrestling was to mention that you wanted to put your face on Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. which sort of led me to... Uh, face. This face. Sure. <laughs> Listen, face. you start with the face. Okay. I guess uh, I, I guess I would. That's how I would do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's what sort of led me to this idea of beefcake in wrestling. Not, okay. not Brutus the Barber beefcake, but sort of the idea of uh, the wrestler as, as an object of, of sexual desire. And okay. sort of uh, the male wrestler specifically. And the idea of male beauty in wrestling and how hmm. the sort of weird way that that... And that led me to perhaps the greatest example of beefcake in professional wrestling history, Ravishing Rick Rude. Ravishing Rick Rude, I mean, I, I, I gave you a little bit of homework. Yes, you did. I sent you the link to that video where Ravishing Rick Rude appeared with Bobby the Brain Heenan, my personal hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a weird little character. Bobby the Brain? That was, I, oh, think, I so didn't get good. much of that character, but I, I do want to know more. Oh, he's so great. He's so great. I, we, we, can, we can get into Bobby the Brain a little bit later because he's probably the greatest manager. Are they like a... So they're like a team. Yes. That's like, um, that was like a big thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bobby the Brain was the big uh, the big sort of heel manager of the 80s. He had a whole stable called the Heenan Family. Oh. Uh, he had Ravishing Rick Rude. He had Big John Studd. He had King Kong Bundy. He had Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. He had Andre the Giant. Oh. Yeah. And he made I know it- one of these people then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for my Andre the Giant impression, everybody. Anybody want to do that? <laughs> Yeah, WrestleMania three, probably the biggest main event of all time. 
uh, Bobby Heenan was out there in his tacky white tailcoat covered in sequins, just just lousy with sequins. <laughs> <laughs> just just scabbed up with sequins. Watching Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan battle it out at the main event of WrestleMania three. So yeah, he was a, he was a fixture in shows like this. And it's kind of curious that he got paired with Rick Rude because normally mm-hmm. you would put somebody like Bobby Heenan, who's sort of a, a wordsmith, right? Somebody who could talk for people like King Kong Bundy, um, who were basically big imposing guys who didn't know how to sell themselves or didn't have the verbal ability to sell themselves okay. to audiences. So he's a hype man, gotcha. right? Which is kind of curious that they would put him with Ravishing Rick Rude because as you saw, Rick Rude doesn't need a hype man. No. Rick Rude is very much an independent sort of creature. Does every wrestler have a, a manager or is that just something that's given to certain characters? Yeah, uh, it's usually bad guys who get managers because okay. uh, if you have somebody there at ringside with you, that's just an easy opportunity to cheat. Ah, so your manager is okay. out there to, you know, protect his investment, quote unquote, gotcha. give you moral support, but also trip you up, trip the opponent up if the referee isn't looking, that kind of thing. Oh. Right. Oh, interesting. Right. So we're going get to get into that a little bit with Bobby the Brain. But yeah, Rick Rude doesn't necessarily need a manager. No. But it's just icing on the cake because Rick Rude really is the total package. Not the total package, Lex Luger, another beefcake wrestler. I thought you were going in a different way with the package. <laughs> let's talk about Rick Rude's package. But no, let's talk about let's talk about uh, Rick Rude. What your 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 sense of Rick Rude from what you saw? Mustache. Mustache. That, so the first thing that immediately screams at me from the screen is mustache. And my second thought was, did Matt? Cultivate a mustache <laughs> specifically for this episode because this is this is new. Okay, yes, that's true. Was I... this like a method <laughs> descent into this podcast? Uh, no, I promise. Listen, I I did have I did have a full uh, Paul Bunyan esque beard for a for a long time, almost two years, and a few days ago I did I did trim it down into I won't say Rick Rude esque mustache. No. I wish I wish I. First of all, there is some facial foliage framing it, so it's yes, not pure I've got mustache. Some, I've got some subtle, and also if you if you take a close look at Rick Rude's face, there's a, apparently about three inches between his nose and upper lip because that mustache is thick. It's domineering. It's terrifying. It could probably stop a bullet. <laughs> I've described. Is I, it thick with two C's? It's thick with three C's. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Rude, I, I think, if I remember correctly, okay. from when I recorded the intro to this episode, mm-hmm. I described Rick Rude as if Tom Selleck were a Pokemon, he would evolve into Rick Rude at level 32. Oh, that's fantastic. Because he's just oh, like, just yes. in terms of 80s sex symbol, Rick Rude is just in a class, a class by himself. Yes. So you saw Rick Rude, you saw okay. him on, on Regis and Kathy Lee. What, what are your thoughts about Rick Rude, aside from the mustache? Um, the pants were profound. It yes. was a profound moment of artistic expression. Um, I don't know how Kathy felt about probably like, probably like her schnoz was <laughs> delicately spray painted over his sh- lower schnoz. Lower schnoz. Kathy though seemed uncomfortable, and I would like to talk to you about the fact that Kathy Lee is filmed running and <laughs> hiding from this man. And I was honestly concerned for her. Well, 
if you if you go back and watch, which I recommend everybody watch this segment because it's I do as well, just to say. She she definitely does flee from the studio, but you'll notice <laughs> you'll notice that that Rick Rude does not chase her. It's not like a Pepe Le Pew Harpo Mark situation. Yes. Rick Rude Rick Rude does not pursue women. He merely exists. The most he did was lumber after her in a lackadaisical fashion. Yeah, and he once did not chase. and once uh, once she she split, he sort of just turned his attention to the studio audience and continued to gyrate for them. There were I, yes. you, one would assume there were you know a few score uh, suburban mothers on a you know having a, a an exciting day out in the city, mm-hmm. and you know Rick Rude exists to service that demographic, as well as Regis Philbin who was very, very excited to, to get that... He wanted that robe off Rick Rude so, so bad. Regis did something that, again, startled me, and it taught me something about Regis. And I don't know if Regis says this whenever he says the word champion, but he did not say champion of three syllables. He <laughs> said champion. Champion. He said champion. Did you hear it also? Yeah, yeah. Rick it was champion. He, well, first of all, Rick Rude was the intercontinental champion at the time. But yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an old-timey affectation. I'm particularly interested. How many times do you, would you say in that video, he said, you gotta see the body on this guy? First of all, that's a great Regis. Thank you. It's a killer Regis. <laughs> um, he said it approximately 16 times. I took a, a small tally in a notebook as yeah. I was watching. And you can just see, you can see him fidgeting and just wanting to see that, that velvet robe come open. Yes. What is it that you said he was, he was anxious? You, there was something that you said to me when you told me to watch this. What was the exact word? Because it was good. It was right. I said that... You have not wanted anything more in your entire life than Regis Philbin wanted Rick Rude to take his robe off in that moment. This is true. Yeah, he was outright hysterical. He was visibly anxious that's, to see that. Yes, robe come that's off. exactly what it was. Did he know, do you think, about the pants? Is that why? First of all, when it starts out, he says, This guy's got the greatest body of all the wrestlers. And I think Regis is a body guy. He's he I'm sorry, what? Regis is a body guy. He's, he's distressingly muscular himself. I don't know if he still is, but... Oh, that's right. I've seen the pictures of him, and he's, like, doing, like, the, the power pose, and that's actually a thing. Yeah, Rick Rude is... Just so strange. Or I should say Regis is a, is a muscle guy. Regis so you Rude. Would, Regis Rude. <laughs> they should Oh, my God! They, Regis Rude! Right, and they, could, and they could perform, like, a Dragon Ball Z-style fusion dance. Ooh. And then just become one. Okay, so I have to ask, is Rick Rude alive? Rick Rude, uh, unfortunately, has passed away. Is Regis alive? Regis is alive. <laughs> <laughs> they fought to the death, and Regis came out on top. <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> there can be only one! <laughs> Regis. They should have. They should have done, like, like, I know Donald Trump has been on, like, WrestleMania and things a few times. They should have had Regis come out. Regis was a backstage interviewer a number of times in the early years. Oh, oh yeah. WrestleMania oh. in the late that. 80s. Mm-hmm. And at that time, anybody who was anybody got a piece of that sweet, sweet WrestleMania. So uh, Donald Trump hosted a bunch of them uh, at, at his casinos. Okay. Uh, Regis was a backstage interviewer. Robin Leach was there. Uh, Vanna White was there. Leslie oh. Nielsen was there. He did a skit where he was trying to track down The Undertaker. It was... Everybody was trying to get in on it at that point. It was kind of like 
uh, it was just this pop culture thing. You know, in the 1960s, everybody wanted to be on Batman? Yes. Yeah. It, it was that kind of thing where okay. anybody who was anybody just wanted to kind of get a piece of it. And then it transitioned to everybody wants to be on Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby, you, there was a Scooby-Doo WrestleMania movie for God's Are you sake. serious? I'm was 100% it live serious. action? No, it was not. It was animated. Who was in it? What wrestlers? Um, was it like the big wrestlers? Yeah, Undertaker was in it and Kane was in it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I I think you should do a special, like a special live commentary. Special live this. commentary? I think you really should. That okay, sounds, well, we're aborting this. I'm just going to do sounds- live commentaries <laughs> for wrestling movies. There was a. Hanna-Barbera is actually doing the whole thing with, with WWE right now. They did uh, Flintstone's Stone Age Smackdown. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I I'm would so, watch that. I'm so right mad, now. and here's why I'm so mad. Okay. They called John Cena's character, you know, the Flintstones. Yes. Everybody has uh, sort of prehistoric or rock-themed names. Yeah. John Cena's name is John Cena Stone, and John Cenozoic was right there. Ah, oh, fuck. I know. I'm so mad as a person... Uh, who loves paleontology and professional wrestling and the output of Hanna-Barbera Studios. This movie was made for me, and I hate it. Did John Cena voice himself? He sure did. Okay, so they do actually have that that fusion there, and it's not just like, oh, we're going to hire someone who sounds like John Cena. No. Okay, so we've watched... We've watched uh, Regis and Kathy Lee, and Rick Rude comes out in his robe, and he's, he's very charming. Do you think he's too charming? I think... He is exactly as charming as he is supposed to be because the thing about Rick Rude yes. is that he's different than a lot of the other sort of ladies' man type characters that you've seen in wrestling. A ladies' man character is a villain, right? Because a jerk would come out and say, all the women are attracted to me. Yeah. Right? So normally uh, a ladies' man, there was this guy, Playboy Buddy Rose. He was not an attractive man. He looked like Louis Anderson, basically. And he would come out and in say- In baskets. Yes. <laughs> he would come out and he would say, uh, and he would talk about how, how pretty he was and how beautiful he was and how all the women wanted him. And they would cut to women in the audience sort of booing and giving him a thumbs down. Okay. Right? So within the fiction, uh, we know that he's lying. The character is a liar. Yes. Rick Rude would come out and say, all you people shut up so all the ladies out there can see what a real sexy man is supposed to look like. Oh. And then they would cut to women in the audience not booing. Mm. Not booing at all. So they would, and there were too many for them to be plants. Like, you couldn't get 30 different plants. So they would cut to these women basically drooling over Rick Rude and taking photos. So this immediately sets him apart because in the fiction, he is not lying. He is telling the truth. These women do want Rick Were most of them lying? These ladies' man characters? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so be- he was really, like, the one that was, like... Yeah. Rick Rude is one of the first, like, bodybuilder-type wrestlers. Oh. Until the 80s, a lot of wrestlers were kind of just, like, you know, dad bods. And especially villains kind of were pot-bellied, gargoyle-type, scary-looking guys. Makes sense. And Rick Rude really kind of bucked that trend. And he was one of the first to have this kind of body and lean into it and lean into the sex appeal that that body had. And he would come out and he would say he was going to show the, he wanted all the men to shut up so he could show the women what what a real sexy man was supposed to look like. Then he did that, which is exciting for the women, makes the men uncomfortable. And then he would usually beat up, uh, 
an average looking guy to really drive home the point that he is a superior male specimen. So Rick Rude is designed to make the average man feel uncomfortable. That's super interesting. Right? That's some real psychology shit. Right. And also, we should talk about this. Yes. Rick Rude uh, often would play with a little kind of uh, stereotypically feminine sort of decoration. He would wear pink tights. Okay. Sometimes with lips on oh. his butt. Oh. Right? in the velvet robe. Okay. So uh, he sort of... He's got of, that very curly hair. It's very... Everything is very manicured. Right. And a lot of, a lot of kissy faces, mm -hmm. which he's sort of directing at everybody. So imagine... <laughs> imagine first that you're a man who's dragged your wife to this wrestling show. Yeah. Imagine that she's clearly attracted to Rick Rude. Imagine that you're also attracted to Rick Rude. <laughs> Imagine that Rick Rude is forcing you to confront the fact that you have come to the Sexy Muscle Man show. <laughs> ah, yeah. Rick Rude was designed to create uncomfortable rides home from the Civic Center. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was this almost slightly feminine version of masculinity. Yeah. Would you say he's more like peak masculinity or like a feminized version, which sort of causes some gender confusion feelings. I think I think if it's the 80s and you're going to be attracted to men, whether you're a man or a woman, there's something about Rick Rude that you're going to be into. Okay. Because there was that, I guess that just leans into the very 80s, like, feminization of men. Like, sex symbols were like Bon Jovi with very long hair yes. and like the poison guys who wore makeup. And like, I guess that was... It's a very interesting commentary of like what women were into at that time. Like, yeah, and I want very manicured. I want like right. And Rick Rude is, in a, in most senses, very traditionally masculine with the big, with the thick mustache and that voice and the body. And, and, the body. Yeah. and he, he's got. I don't know if you saw, but he's got an anchor tattoo on his arm. Yeah, there are sort of uh, village people elements to Rick Rude. Yes. Yeah. Right. A little oh, bit. Yeah. A little bit of Tom of Finland to Rick Rude. I guess it. Maybe that sort of Tom Finley, yeah, wow, that's a really good uh, analogy there. Maybe it makes that character less threatening? I think more threatening, especially, uh, especially... To men to, or to, to women? To men. That makes sense. To women, I feel like there's an element there of like, oh, but he's wearing pink, or like, oh, he's got like these kissy, like... Right. He's not like a, a character that feels leering. I guess he maybe feels a little leering, but like it seems like it's a consensual exchange or it's supposed to be when he's interacting with. Right. Kathy Lee is the exception rather than the rule. Um, usually, I mean, he would do, you remember the, the, the rude awakening where he takes women yes. out of the audience. So people are, very, women are very much excited to be mm -hmm. involved with Rick Rude. And it's very much, it's very much consens consensual. He's not a Pepe Le Pew type. Yeah. Right. So. Well, maybe Kathy had to like play this. You know, because it's all like she's doing a bit and he's engaging in the bit and Regis is doing his own weird bit where he's like trying not to jerk off <laughs> at, at Rick Rude's like ass. Um, with his phone face on it. Yeah, with his own face carefully, artistically airbrushed onto it. I guess that Kathy has this responsibility where she's married to yes. Frank Gifford, yes. but Regis is her also like her work husband. Right. So she can't be into like... She can't be into her husband and Regis in the way that they were very much a partnership. Right. And then also Rick Rude. So I guess like she seemed 
I guess she thought like her persona would have to avoid this because it's like, oh no, I've already got my my home husband and my work husband. Well, it also an interesting look into like how that dynamic works. Right, and it also were it also makes for better television, right? Because if Kathy Lee was just like, get out of here, Regis, I want to sit on Rick Rude's face, like that's not what anybody <laughs> wants. That's not what anybody wants that, would that interaction. That be Kathy Lee now though. <laughs> like the Kathy Lee has done on like SNL, like the drunk. Fun Kathy Lee. The Kristen Wig. Yeah, like the Kathy wine Lee. Kathy Lee. Like, she would totally do that now, which is an interesting... But then again, she's now, like, a widow, so I guess it's like, oh, it's okay for this woman to be expressing these sexual interests, you know, because she's, you know, she she's not married anymore. Sure. But she also has fidelity to that person, so she can be a little, like, raunchy with, I guess, who's at, whoever she'd be flirting with on... Whatever the modern equivalent of ravishing, there's no modern equivalent of ravishing Rick Rude, unfortunately. Is there? Are there still ladies' man type wrestlers? Well, there's Dolph Ziggler. But is that what his thing is? Well, he was so... the show off. Like he's that's done... what I see him more as. Like I mean, he did. Uh, he started out sort of doing this "I am perfection" thing. He does wear a lot of pink. He does. So wear he lot... does that sort of like pink blue cotton candy. Yeah, Rick Rude 80s. is Rick Rude. There's definitely elements of Rick Rude in Dolph Ziggler. He's more influenced by, uh, by, I think, uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig, who is another member of the Bobby Heenan family. Okay. And also Shawn Michaels. Who I've heard of, but cannot tell you anything about. Um, he's sort of the, the better Dolph Ziggler of the 90s. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Okay. Who was also, in his younger days when he was the heartbreak kid, sort of very influenced by, by Rick Rude. So Rick Rude's influence has been far-reaching. Okay. Um, but I don't know that there's anybody today who really embodies the full. Like, I don't know that. I don't know if you could. Like, I don't know if that character would play. I think storylines and characterization have somewhat moved on a little bit. Rick Rude, for all of his greatness, is pretty much a one-dimensional character. There's no depth to Rick Rude. I mean, there's some, there's some depth to the character and what the character is stirring up in audiences. But yeah. the character of Rick Rude, it's all contextual. I mean... We know, we know how Rick Rude is going to react in any given situation. He's going to wangle his dong. He's going to wangle his dangle. There's no, <laughs> there's no version of Rick Rude, there's no drama in any situation involving Rick Rude. Like, there's no good guy version of Rick Rude. You know what I'm saying? How, yeah, because how, would that, how right. would that work? I guess he would have to be like a studly fireman whose <laughs> wife died in Iraq. Right. And he's got a young daughter that right. he has to raise all on his own. This is, is this full house? <laughs> <laughs> Who, like, did Rick Rude have a major rivalry against another wrestler? Like, what can you tell me about, like, his story in that way? Because okay. I'm curious about that. Okay. I'm glad you brought it up. Yes. Because it's probably time we got to it. Okay. Probably Rick Rude's most famous rivalry was with the Ultimate Warrior. Are you familiar with the Ultimate Warrior? That's literally all I know. Okay. I know that name. So the Ultimate Warrior was kind of like a living He-Man action figure. Okay. He's got the same kind of physique as Rick Rude on a, a larger scale. But... Where Rick Rude was sort of clearly an athlete, Ultimate Warrior was like kind of very clumsy and flailed around. And, okay. And whereas Rick Rude would sort of strut out and slowly take off his robe, okay. the Warrior would just sprint out and never destroy fast guys. Never for Regis. Right, never. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the Ultimate Warrior would be fast enough for Regis because he would just he would sprint out, destroy a guy in ten seconds, and then run back. Was he in this Heenan guy? Was he in his 
management group? No. Uh, he, the I don't Ultimate know if Warrior, called a management group. That sounds A stable. Like we call them stables. A stable. Interesting. So the Ultimate Warrior was always a good guy. Okay. Um, but wow. where he was, the biggest difference between Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior is that Rick Rude is so heavily sexualized. And the Ultimate yes. Warrior, it would be impossible to sexualize the Ultimate Warrior. He's like a child in in the body of of a barbarian warlord okay. or something. Can I see this guy? Yeah, we're about to. We're actually Yay. gonna. We're gonna okay. get going now at this point. And the point of contention, the big bone of contention between uh, Rick Rude and the Ultimate Warrior, was who had the better body. Are you serious? The whole their whole thing. That's how it started. Oh, and then it went into like your mama jokes, and it got it got more deep. It got it got very it got very personal. So right now we're about to we're about to watch. I would really like to know what Rick Rude's mom is like. Well, <laughs> his mother taught him that love is a thing to be spread. Yes, but I want to know if she looks just like him <laughs> but without a mustache. She looks just like him with the mustache. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> Italian. <laughs> He was in the FBI. <laughs> okay. Okay, so right now uh, we're going to press play. If anybody uh, wants to watch along with us, we are watching the pose down between Rick Rude and the Ultimate Warrior at the 1989 Royal Rumble. Okay, so, and this is literally just where they pose at each other? Yeah, so uh, prior to this, uh, Rick Rude had been just sort of crowing about how there was nobody who could match his physique. Okay, what is his, he's wearing a vest, it says, oh, does it say Simply Ravishing? Simply Ravishing, that's our episode title, everybody. Did he ever come out with a cologne? <laughs> See, look at this mug. Oh, that woman was shaking her tits in his face. Yep. Um, <clears throat> he should have come out with a cologne called Simply Ravishing. Yeah, well, there was, a, there was a, a wrestler, the model Rick Martel, who, again, is the sort of, thing where he's saying everybody thinks I'm so handsome okay. and everybody's booing. He had a cologne called Arrogance in storyline. And he had it in a big, like, old-timey atomizer. What does this say? Repulsive. Repulsive Rick Root. Oh, this woman is not feeling it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I'm the best build, I guess that's best built man in the WWE. <laughs> oh, these women are, like, trying to pretend that they're not into it. They're all like, I'm going to roll my eyes, but I'm also going to keep yeah, looking. Yeah, but you'll notice that the robe is still on. The robe is still on. It's a long robe. It's a it's a conservative robe. It is a, uh, it's a near Amish robe, in fact. It's not even a three-quarter sleeve. You know what I wanted to point out? I think it's interesting yes. that they don't just show, like, young, conventionally attractive women. Um, fawning over Rick Rude. It's like moms. Well, I think that's enjoyable. Right. I like the idea that is, and this is the ultimate warrior. This is the ultimate warrior. You can definitely, you can clearly see. Oh, I like his, um. Tassels. Yes. I, um, oh. Oh, he's, he's, he's very weird. He's very weird. He's a weird guy. Oh, what's he doing? <laughs> he's just got a lot of energy. He's no, did you notice that, <laughs> did you notice that the, the, the only, we saw the women reacting to Rude. Did you see who we saw reacting to the warrior? It was a little kid. kid. It was a kid with a face paint. Okay. So we're, we're again, this diametric opposition between very adult 
interest and very childlike interest. Okay. And he came out with no robe, so he's just like ready to show it off. Right. He's and, not shy. Yep. And look at Bobby Heenan just yelling at him, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Heenan is wearing a, a, a maybe a satin shirt or like a, a rayon with lapels that defy width. Absolutely, and he's got the uh, the sequins. I love. He Bobby does. Brady. It's a very subtle rhinestone little decor. They're like a good. It's like a good outfit contrast. Like okay, so if if he went to the Met Gala with Rick Rude, they would be <laughs> one of the couples that people were like, oh, thank God, the man was actually on theme for the event. And I find that impressive. Yes. That's personally very important to me. Look at the mustache on the back of Rick Rude's. That's, oh my god, that's what that is. I was like, is that it's another like a, set of lips? No. It's like a mustache in sequins in a tramp stamp sort of uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. He's, uh, he's our ring announcer. So, Rick, so what's interesting of, about Rick Rude here is that he's like definitely playing coy. Like this robe has a, a very narrow V. You don't even see like a full nip. You just see like a little bit of chest. By the way, please remind me to tell you about the book I picked up this weekend. It is a... <coughs> It is an Amish retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Um, because this this um, this outfit is so is so modest. It just made me think of this, and I, <laughs> I need to tell you about this. Absolutely. Later. Um, With bated breath. Is he taking this off now? Oh, he oh he is. And that's his face. That's his on face. His pants. On his pants. Oh, and he's doing the. He's doing the gyrations. Mm, and wow. His body is sincerely impressive. It's amazing. It really is. Oh, I want to see. I honestly like want to see his back right now. Like I want to know what's happening there. And, and Bobby the Brain, look at this. He's he's Rick Rude doesn't need him from a performance standpoint. No. Bobby is extraneous, but he is doing everything he can. Do you think that they were in love? Actually, Rick Rude kind of resented that they had Bobby Heenan with him because he knew that he didn't need Bobby. Oh. He felt it was sort of a he felt it was sort of slight. How did Bobby feel about Rick Rude? Bobby liked Rick Rude, um, but you know Bobby was there to do a job, which was to get uh, get Rick Rude as over as he could, get uh, people uh, as pissed at Rick Rude as they possibly could be. So he was going to do his job as best he could, uh, whether or not that was kind of. And now. Just look at the body language on the warrior. He's like a, he's like a giant child himself. Yeah. Like, well, he's like throwing a tantrum right now. He's, yeah, like, he's lifting like up his arms and hopping he's like up and down. And he's beating, he's, right now he's beating his chest. Uh, what's interesting though is he's like doing his whole hyper weird dancing stuff. Mm -hmm. And Rick Rude, who is smaller in width and smaller in, in calf and all of these different dimensions, Rick Rude is still working. Yeah. Which makes me inclined to, in this body competition, Vote for Rick Rude. Hey, Rick Rude is taking it seriously. He is taking it seriously. Rick Rude he is knows, all business. He knows that he is not to stop and rest on his meaty, meaty laurels. Right. And you see Bobby Heenan saying, uh, please explain to the people that they're supposed to vote for who's who's got the best body, not who's the most popular. And Does he look like somebody to you, Rick Rude? Does he sort of like resemble Mel Gibson to you? He does a little bit like Mel Gibson, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen Mel Gibson with a mustache though, but like there's something. I think it's some, yeah, I could see it. Or, you know, who would be able to play him in a movie if he got really, really cut? David Harbour from Stranger Things. Uh, maybe. He would maybe, maybe. have to get some jaw reconstructed. Sort of. But like, look at the, 
Oh, he's rubbing himself down with oil. Wow. Antibiotic. His body is putting me into a sleepy trance. <laughs> it is it is so phenomenal. Although I don't like when men just like oil their chest, but they don't oil the rest. Like oil your arms as well or your back. Good or God. Would you look at the obliques on yeah. Rick Rude? Oh, that guy works out every part. Yeah. He really does. He, he takes it seriously. Oh, this woman, oh, this woman <laughs> stood up. She was like, I have to get a better angle on this. She, she won. Here's a question, because I'm not seeing a bulge on him. Do you think wrestlers tuck? Um, they don't tuck, but here's the thing. Uh, everybody's, especially at this point in the late 80s, everybody's on so many so steroids. So that they don't have dicks left. And now, do you, is his own face on his ass as well? I believe so. See, what people don't like, and what he should have been aware of, is the hubris of having your own face on your pants. On both sides of your pants. I think he's very aware of the hubris. I and, think. and then your face is on your face as well. That's too many of your face. That's Well, three. he is supposed to be the villain. Again, the warrior... It's like is, weak villain sauce, though. Like, oh wow, I'm attractive. That makes me so terrible. They should have made him be meaner. Well, thing. you have to see what happens when things don't go his way. Which you can see here, he's starting to get frustrated because we have the audio off right now. But um, the people continue to sort of side with the warrior. Even though the warrior is not taking this seriously. and Well, the warrior is more swole. He is more swole, and he's also he's also uh, more popular. So he's kind of turning this into a popularity contest, which Rick Rude is sort of starting to resent here. Does the warrior have any semblance of a, a personality besides tassels? <laughs> the warrior... Uh, does he talk? He does talk. Um, well? No. <laughs> <laughs> the warrior is sort of infamous for his inability to form coherent sentences. The warrior... Ah, okay. The warrior would uh, would talk about, like, load the spaceship with the rocket fuel, load it up with the spirit of the warriors. It was very much this sort of off-the-wall... He would just make shit up. Oh, Rick Rude is going to pose again. That's right. Oh, he's doing... Oh, he's doing his little muscly dance. How did he die? This is a weird question to ask right now while he's, like, posing. Do you know? Um, I want to say... Uh, oh, no, sorry. It's Warrior's face on his butt. <gasps> now, that's oh, a power move. Oh, that's shady. Um, I believe it was heart failure. Okay, that makes sense. So, having the Warrior's face on his butt... Mm -hmm. it, puts him, <laughs> it puts him in position with Regis. Is something I would like to see more people do on RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, incorporate their... The ultimate Warrior's face? Sure. Um, I was thinking more just incorporate their, like, enemy's face. Or maybe RuPaul's face, perhaps, on their on their costume as, like, blatant pandering. <laughs> I just, I think this is a great idea. I'm going to, like, tweet at the show, like, hey, you should, they should do, like, a wrestling-themed episode. That would be fantastic. That would be amazing, because every, I'm telling you, every season now, seven of the episodes are RuPaul writing some shitty musical and everyone has to perform in what she calls a rusical. 
And it's oh, like, no. okay, so why don't we do a drag wrestling event? I'm gonna I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna call World of Look at right now. Look at Rick's face. He's getting yeah, he's really getting pissed. He's getting more oil. It's like the Tin Man right now. Like he needs that fucking oil can. The eyebrows on his crotch are so bright. Like he <laughs> I feel like he sent the pants back and was like, my eyebrows are not defined. Look at look at them. Look at how dark they are compared to his hair. They really are. I don't I don't know how I feel about these push-ups. So right now he's doing push-ups. Yeah, just which is a smart demonstration of strength, but they were like Oh, it's it's uh quick push-ups. It's it's interesting that you mentioned strength because when they actually wrestle each other, you'll see in real time okay. sort of the difference between how strong these two guys are. Okay. The Ultimate Warrior has show muscles. Rick Rude was very, very strong in real life. He oh, was, interesting. Okay. He has functional muscle, whereas the Warrior is very... He has no cardiovascular. <laughs> he's, uh, he's got uh, no wind. Um, there's a reason his matches are all 30 seconds long. <laughs> but he wins? Yeah. He's marketable. Um, he's more marketable to, uh, you know, you can sell Ultimate Warrior masks and tassels to the kitties. Yeah. Um, nobody's going to drink, uh, you know, eat a snow cone out of Rick Rude's head, but maybe the <laughs> warrior, you know? But, can um, you imagine, like, selling kids, like, a t-shirt of Rick Rude abs? <laughs> just just airbrushed on the t-shirt? Yes. I would or do it. even better, just like a an ab shield Yes. that you just, like, drape over you. And these pants. They would sell these pants. Um, I, I just, when, when the match starts, yes. do uh, watch for moments where Warrior has to lift and control Rick Rude's body and note how clumsily he does it. Okay. And Rick Rude, you can see even though he's smaller, was a legitimate strength, at, strength athlete. And he actually placed sixth in the 1983 World Arm Wrestling Championships. Okay. So, those... This is all good to know. It's just sort of another interesting contrast between, uh, between the two guys. So he... I guess he's popular because women like Magic Mike and women like this sort of Chippendales-esque... You go, Channing Tatum could be Rick Rude. <gasps> oh. He doesn't look anything like... Almost slap a mustache on him. I don't know. I'd have to see Channing Tatum with the wig. You know who could do it? Joe Manganiello? Yes. Okay. Joe Manganiello could do that shit. Yes. Okay, do you mind if I go... I'm going to Google, unless you know it, what Rick Rude's real name is. His name yes. is Richard Rude. Are you serious? Yes. That's his real last name? That's his, his real ass. I'm not sure if you said real ass name or real last name. Both are true. I think I said both somehow at the same time. Um, yes, his, I, I think wow. his last name was actually R-U-U-D or R-O-O-D or something. But yes, uh, it's pronounced the same way. That's incredible. Ric Flair's last name is also Flair. And now, uh, basically, Warrior has won. So wait, so Charlotte Flair is her real name? Isn't that her? Yes. Charlotte? Oh, 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 oh! Oh, shit! <laughs> and now, Rick Rude has... Ooh. Blood force. Yeah. Just beating him with that, uh, geez, what is you know, that? If he really wanted to be like a real villain, 
He would rip off his tassels. <laughs> his most valuable possession. <laughs> Well, because, like, what could you do to Rick Rude? Like, you would have to, like, eat his mustache off <laughs> to do the same thing. So, like, he every time he gets... I, I think a lot of women here would like to eat off Rick Rude's mustache. I would. If you were to... <laughs> if you were to, like, beat the warrior, like, every time Rick Rude would get him on the ground, I would just, like, rip off one of his, like, boot tassels. That would be my psychological warfare. So, we saw, we saw a warrior... Uh, one, basically because of popularity, Rick Rude got frustrated and clocked him with that, uh, really oh, that flex this. bar. Oh, and now, oh. again, Warrior throws a tantrum because he's a child. Look at him. He's just beating up these poor officials for no reason. <laughs> wow, he's really, uh... <laughs> he's, like, really taking them down. Yeah, but but look how clumsily he's doing it. Like, he, Yeah, he's just, like, by moving his arms in the he's, air. He's doing that thing where it's, like, I'm not going to hit you, but I'm going to move my arms and walk toward you. And if you get hit, that's your run, problem. And now he's just running and away. That's the, and that's the warrior. That's so weird. Also, can I say, we should not have eaten up bananas before recording this, because I keep burping, and I hear you doing it, too. <laughs> like, I'm making so many little burp sounds. Oh! Damn, can you, like, just hit him? But, so wait, now is this over? That This is the end of the pose down. And mm. is there more, like... Of them wrestling? Yes, we're we're about to uh, we're about okay. to go into the match at this point. I was point. gonna say because like I didn't see anything that's like, you know, jumps and people <laughs> diving on each other and stuff. Because like I would be curious to see what that's like. So are we gonna watch? What is the event that we're gonna watch in which they're wrestling? So yes, uh, Warrior and Rick Rude are now going to wrestle at WrestleMania Five. Okay. So this is uh, about. Gosh, I guess about three months later. Oh. And how important was their event in the scope of this WrestleMania event? Was this like one of the biggest ones? Or? Yeah. So at the time, the Warrior was the Intercontinental Champion. Okay. Which is the secondary champion. Oh, Bobby Heenan got a new jacket. Bobby Heenan's, uh, Bobby Heenan's got a jacket for every day of the week, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, the Intercontinental Champion was sort of the guy just a step below the world champion. So for a long time, the intercontinental champion was sort of uh, the next in line. Okay. Right, so after he's had his run with the uh, with the intercontinental title, he sort of moves on. Uh, more moms into Rick Rude. This woman is at a wrestling event wearing pearls. Yeah, well, this is, uh, this is at the Trump Plaza. So this is a very glitzy event. Boo. Yeah. Are we gonna have to see Donald Trump? I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's at this one. I'm very relieved to hear this. Uh, he might be backstage. I don't think he's. At oh, that woman is all hair all the time, and she, and she likes what she sees. <laughs> of course, she's she... getting that face like. Mm-hmm, okay. Let's see. Oh, oh, is he gonna do a rude awakening right now? What I'd like to have right now is for all you high rolling Atlantic City sweat hogs. Sweat hogs. Keep the noise down while I take my robe off and give the ladies. Uh, you see all those women booing, and she's like, "All right, well, let's hear them out." <laughs> <laughs> now, what kind of music? Do you play? <laughs> that woman looks like one of my aunts. Oh, so you, so you're asking me what Rick Rude's song? Yeah, is, is it like a sexy, like typical, like it's like it's like it's sexy sax all the way. Okay. And now he's airbrushed the Intercontinental Championship onto his crotch. 
I think that's some great visualization. He's like practicing this. It's like his vision board. His body looks, I guess, like more cut. Yeah, he's dropped. I think I think he's dropped a little bit of weight. And here comes the warrior. Warrior just like no, like do they announce him? Because we're listening to this on silent. He's just like fucking running out there. Yep. Again, this is pretty much all the warrior has in the tank. He can sprint down. Also, his color scheme is always different. It's always different. Oh, that's neat. Well, so is Rick Rude's. Um, yeah, but like, if you're wearing a face paint or a face mask, you'd think that like they would go with some color consistency. But he just has a tassel for, for every season. Yep. So now this is the first time that they've actually wrestled each other. We saw them... Ever? Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Rick Rude goes to, goes to knee him in the stomach and hits the belt. Um, so before this, both guys have mostly been beating up sort of preliminary guys. Okay. So it's rare that we see either one of them in a competitive match. Is he punching his butt? Yeah, the warrior. I find that weird. I don't like it. It's very weird. Look at this. Oh, that was a throw. And that's all Rick Rude. Look at this. Rude is just, he's going in on this. He's trying to make the warrior look like a million bucks because you think about every time that Rick Rude humiliated, uh, uh, somebody who is his physical inferior. So he knows that he's paying that off right now. Okay. This is... And that's uh, the warrior on his tush again. Right. But okay. every every bit of humiliation that we're seeing Rick Rude endure here, he knows he's set up. Okay. In the, in the previous weeks and months yeah. of beating up other smaller guys. So he knows everybody here is primed because they know the warrior can take him apart just the way that he's been taking these other guys apart. Gotcha. And look at him. He is just... He is milking it. Mm-hmm. He is just selling that he's being destroyed now, right now. question for you. How were the... Oh, that, that was almost very romantic in the way that he <laughs> jumped right into the warrior's arms. Were there narratives that went past the arena? Like, did they have, in the way now that they have these, like, fake romances and, like, long-term sort of almost cons towards the public, like, did they do that in this era? Or they just kept it on TV and didn't, like, try to put stuff out in the newspapers? Yeah, it was mostly it was mostly confined. It wasn't uh, oh, close nice up of the butt. butt. Zoom in there. Oh, Regis is on camera, I guess. <laughs> um... Yeah, they didn't so much... I mean, wrestlers would do things like like Regis and Kathy Lee, right? Where the character, they would go on a talk show in character. But they wouldn't try to game the local newspaper or something like that. And now, like, that hasn't been done in a really long time. Like, No, you see John Cena on the Today Show and he's... He's, like, wearing a suit. Yeah. He's talking about his new movie. and Right, like, you don't want that. Because I can't picture... Like, I mean, not Matt Lauer anymore, but I, I can't picture, <laughs> like, Al Roker having... You know, I can't even think of someone that would be on right now that would come out like in, like the new day, right? Like coming out onto the show. Oh, kicked him right in the head. Yeah, and again, just oh, and he threw him off. Yep, the warrior is just essentially not participating in this match, right? Like he's just Rick Root is throwing stuff at him, and Warrior's just pretending it didn't happen. Essentially, oh, is he pulling him by the hair? Yep. It's a low blow, man. So at this point, it should be pretty apparent that um, the Warriors basically contributing very little to this match. It's not what he's doing so much as how Rick Root is reacting to what he's doing that's making yeah. this match. Again, he goes back to the well with this bear hug. 
Yeah, and Rick probably, Rude is doing these very dramatic, like... Yep. Oh, Bobby Heenan fishing in his pocket. What's he looking for? Oh, what's for? he do? Oh. What is he going to do? Oh, this guy seems kind of like a thug. <laughs> he, he's up to something bad. But... I, what does I'm, this hub do? What, what, what supposedly he's constricting Rude's rib cage. Ah. Um... Oh, he's gonna poke him in the eyes? Oh, that's not good, man. That's, um, that's painful. You know, I'm saying it like it's a bad thing that the Ultimate Warrior isn't really, uh, you know, can't match Rick Rude hold for hold, but it wouldn't be any more satisfying, right, narratively, if he were to somehow, you know, <laughs> get him in a complicated pinning situation. You know, okay. we, we don't want to see... That sounds kinky. <laughs> well, we don't want to see Rick Rude get pinned. We want to see him get beaten up. Right? That's what we want. That's what the audience wants to see. It's less satisfying for him to get, you know, pinned than it is for him to get beaten. Ooh, that was really cool. Ah, uh, the old back body drop. I liked that a lot. That was really neat. Oh, Warrior going for his signature move here. Oh! Ooh. What, what, what was that move and supposed to be? That was going to be a big splash. He was just going to kind of come down on him. On, but like on what part of Rick Rude? Uh, his midsection. Oh, and just Which, knocked the wind out of him. Right, he's been he's been working the he's been working the rib cage. Makes sense. Okay. But Rick Rude scouted it. He got his ribs up, or he got his uh, his knees up rather. So now Rick Rude is sort of in control at this point. Okay, I got a nice little kick in there. Did he kick him in the nuts? No, that's a it kick was in the midsection. In the nuts. And then a uh, pile driver, ooh, which, ooh, ooh. Uh, right on the head. Yep, working the neck. And Rick Rude's uh, signature finishing maneuver is the Rude Awakening, not the not the makeout one. It's a it's kind of a neck breaker maneuver. I wish it was the makeout one. <laughs> you really you're you're gonna set up some slash fix on Ultimate Warrior Rick Rude slash fiction. First of all, those already exist. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm willing to bet you five dollars right now. Quick, what is the worst fan fiction you've ever heard of? The, the worst fan fiction? Yes. Um, jeez. Lord Voldemort, Indiana Jones. Are you serious? I'm is that serious. real? Yes, it's real. Okay, the worst I've ever heard of is also Harry Potter themed. Of course it is. It is, it is Hagrid. No. <laughs> and no. Dobby. No. There are fingers involved. Oh, God. <laughs> Why would you do this? I oh. didn't look it up. Someone posted it on Twitter. And they're anyway, like, I have to suffer. Anyway. You all have to suffer. Anyway, Rick Rude, do you see him with that clothesline? He, he right did. the neck. He's working that neck so good. <sighs> Rick Rude should have been a masseuse. No, that probably would have been like a Me Too scenario where women were like... I don't want you gyrating on me to, like, work out my, my back pains. <laughs> He's just grinding his abs on there. Ooh. And again. Oh, that, it almost looked like they were going to be buddies. Like, he was, like, holding on from the side. Like, almost like they were pals. And then he betrayed his pal. But again, wor very nice. again working the neck. Rick Rude showing that he's, uh... I mean, the warrior... Oh, this is an interesting one. It's like some starfish shit. Oh, his makeup is like dripping off of his face. That's incredible. Yeah, it's a good visual. So this is a, this move is called a surfboard. I don't know why. Surfboard. I'm not sure. Riding on that wood, riding, riding on that wood. I'm serving all this. So the warrior uh, has reached the ropes. <laughs> this is a really weird. This seems like a move that's unlike Rick Rude. 
This seems more like a warrior move. The just sort of where flailing. Where he's just like, like gyrating like that in that way. And there's the butt. Rick Rude swings. Ooh. And he gets taken down. Just just the, the soul knocked right out of him. And again, that sort of childlike. Ooh. Oh, that was that was mean. And not really. He just pulled him down onto his face. Yeah, and now he's just sort of stomping around and waving his arms. And again. That's a, have you noticed that the warrior keeps going back to the well? He's, every move he's done, he's done two or three times. I think it's because he doesn't know very many moves. That's possible. And now... Look at, look at, look at... What the hell? <laughs> that was... No, that was not executed well. Is well, he, this is what I'm saying. He's tired at this point. Was and he, he deliberately have, trying to like show Rick Rude's like, yellow undies underneath? No, I think he just stumbled. He's not... Oh, it looked like he was like, trying to pull down his pants. Like I said, he's not used to working wrestling this long. And he doesn't really have functional muscle. And he definitely just dropped him for realsies. Are you talking about, like, okay, so when you say that he is tired and everything, is that supposed to be the projection of the, the character or no, the, the actual man? The actual man. I mean, the character is supposed to be like this supernatural dynamo. But the real man does not have any kind of cardiovascular conditioning. <laughs> He's all show. And, uh... Are these so... And are these... Because this is something I actually don't think I really know for sure. These routines, are they like choreographed in advance or is it oh, improv and they just sort of like the practice? Rude awakening. Oh, okay. He's is pulling the, on his face. Um, the warrior's powering out. Uh, no, usually they're called in the ring. Which what do you mean, mean by called in the ring? Um, usually it's the heel who calls the match, basically decides the pacing. And that's just sort of done non verbally? No, it's, it's verbal. Um, usually it's, uh, you can tell if you look very, very closely, like anytime they, they get in real close in a grapple, usually it's the heel saying, throw me to the ropes or. Holy shit. Yep. Oh, that's amazing. Are there like videos that I can watch later of, of that happening? Yes. They're probably just compilations of like how this works. <laughs> this is really incredible. It's really and uh, this is not a shining example. I chose it because of the narrative. Uh, yeah. The narrative. But, I mean, uh, imagine what Recruit could do with an opponent who doesn't need his hand held. Oh! Ooh. Two was that the real and way three. Thing? No, that was... Uh, that, that was like some that, shit. That was Bobby Heenan tripping up the warrior and Recruit falling on top of him for the three. So no. off, off oh. the, the warrior goes to apparently murder Bobby Heenan and Rick Rude is your new intercontinental champion. Was Bobby Heenan, like, is he a wrestler? Was he a wrestler? He was a wrestler. Was okay. So. So he knows how to get thrown around and everything. Yep. Okay. And just like, just like Rick Rude, he made his living wanting, you know, making people want to see him get beaten up. And look at this. Warrior can't quite get him up. No, it's, he's trying He's trying. Oh. Oh, damn. Damn. Warrior was not the safest opponent. He was not... And look at him. He, he can't he quite... runs away. <laughs> but he's kind of jogging. Like, he yeah. can't quite muster. Like, Rick Rude could it's definitely outrun him at this point. Yes. <laughs> you can see Rick Rude actually slowing down to make it look believable. So, I was under the impression that they were practiced. Like, they had these guys come in on off days and actually 
choreograph the routine and like try to execute it. I guess not perfectly because like things change, someone right. might fall or whatever. But I figured they would at least have these guys sort of like, I guess like jam together, just like to practice and get a feel for each other and then send them out. It's like so in theory you could put them for the first time ever in the ring and they would just sort of know what to do. Well, if you're good enough. I mean, you're, okay. you're working with the same essential language. So okay. you know what the holds are, and you kind of should know the moves in your opponent's repertoire. Okay. So, oh, so there's like some research involved. Or like someone from the WWE would come in and be like, hey, like... Here's some tapes of so-and-so. Interesting. Right. So uh, you would plan out... Uh, generally, you know what the ending, the ending of the match is going to be. Okay. And so it's your, it's your job from there to sort of improvise a narrative that leads to that ending. They're like musicians. Yeah. That's so interesting. In a way. So it's, uh, it's you know, live improvised stage combat. And there are a million better. I mean, I, I chose this again yeah. for narrative reasons. But there are a million different variations of, uh, of guys who've never wrestled before having incredible five-star matches. Just because they, they're both such great innovators and have an intuitive understanding of the art form. And then you have cases like this where it's all about the storyline and it's all about Rick Rude you know, pulling out every stop to make the audience you know, enjoy sort of seeing his comeuppance live. And then at the last second, he takes it away from them. Yeah, so like Rick Rude won this, but then... You said he's a, like a villainish character, so there, you know, so people are reacting either like booing or they're cheering because he's like a love to hate kind of person, depending on how they feel about him. And then will they just in another? I guess the next time they do a WrestleMania or something, like they'll make sure he loses to like a face. Right. So like how like how does that kind of work? Well. The, uh, believe it or not, the video that I initially sent you of Regis and Kathy Lee yes. is promoting the rematch between Ultimate Warrior and Rick oh. Rude because he had the belt in that video. Yes, he did. Okay. So, spoiler alert, everybody. If you don't want SummerSlam 1989 <laughs> ru ruined for you, Warrior wins the rematch. Okay. And then the Warrior goes on to win the world title from Hulk Hogan. At that must have been a big deal. It was a huge deal. But then the Warrior kind of uh, faded away. He didn't, he was a flash in the pan, kind of. Uh, he didn't. I mean, but he just seemed like he has this like cult. Like I, I've definitely heard the name before, yeah. and I think the image of him rings is familiar. The image, I mean, he's very indelible as a as a sort of personality. Okay, he just doesn't have, as you saw here, he doesn't have the goods to be, you know, to keep it up. He doesn't There's have the longevity. Not much to cement like a right. Not much of a legacy. Yeah. Essentially, it's all about the next thing. So you know, one of the one of the great theories in wrestling booking is the money's in the chase. Okay. It's more profitable to have a heel hold the title and have babyfaces try to win it from him. Of course. Because yep, that makes what, perfect sense. What you're selling to the audience is this idea that if you come to this show or if you buy this pay-per-view, you can experience the catharsis live of the guy that you like defeating the guy that you don't like. Mm -hmm. That's the experience that you're selling to people. Yeah, because I can't I I can't imagine it being so entertaining if the the face would always win. I mean, I guess some, they do that sometimes. They do it sometimes. There's, I mean, there's money in both. I mean, WWE kind of is infamous for having long-reigning babyface champion. Okay. So you're John Cena, you're so-called Steve Austin, and you're Hulk oh, so Hogan. John Cena's a face? He is. What yeah, is for like, years. What is, his, what is his thing, though? He loves jean shorts. He loves our troops. Oh, he's that one. He's that one. Mr. Corporate Beef Slab. And that's kind of what he does. And he still wears... I want that to be my new Twitter handle, <laughs> Corporate Beef Slap. <laughs> that's so good. 
Sarah, I have a very important question for you. Yes. <laughs> you gave me this idea earlier yes, today. Yes, I did. Okay. If you were gonna be if you were gonna be a wrestler. Okay. What would your wrestling person okay. be? Because Fran Drescher as the nanny is already sort of occupied as a character, because naturally that's what I'd have to incline towards. Okay. So Matt and I were thinking before. There's this thing in Manhattan, and I don't know if anybody who's listening works in Manhattan, but these Statistically, men... Statistically, probably. These men who walk down the street wear what I call the power vest. And the power vest, you will recognize it. It is a navy blue, lightly fleeced zip-up vest. And they wear this over, like, button-down shirts, and it's this weird thing. And it does... It's not just, like, horrible white men. It is, like, all, <laughs> all men of all kinds. All horrible men. And they wear this vest... And it's this weird thing, and I make fun of my boss who wears it all the time. And so I think I would be a heel character called the Power Vest. <laughs> and my my move, my finishing move would be like taking the vest like from over my shoulders and like putting it over someone's face and just like <laughs> running around in a circle. And then like as they're like getting dizzy and everything, I would take out my phone and I would order stocks. <laughs> And it would, that would be my thing. Because no one would expect it from me. Because I am Jersey trash. I am the Ginzo of Ginzos. So everyone's thinking like, oh, Taro would be like a really tacky, like, Ruby character with, like, like motorcycle boots and, like, cut-off shorts and, like, big hair and, like... like Aside from the big hair, you are actually, <laughs> you are actually wearing motorcycle boots and cut-off I shorts am. right now. I am. It, it's literally all I wear. I am, <laughs> I am a never-nude in that regard. I'm never not wearing these boots. You're back in the cut-offs. I'm, I'm back in the cut-offs <laughs> all the time. I'm literally wearing... This is one of, like, like eight pairs that I own um, in varying shades of blue denim. So everyone would be like, okay, Tara's going to be like this character. She's going to be like the Enza Amore without Enza Amore. the rape allegations. And very jurors. That already exists. Her name is Carmela, but go on. Very jurors. Oh my God. Okay, wait. But like, okay, imagine if I was a wrestling character that was just Carmela Soprano. And I came out in nothing but the big fur coat that she wears in that episode with Tony where she's like, Tony, I'm wearing the fur you got me. That would be great. Um, I could, do, I would love to be Edie Falco as a wrestler. But yeah, so no one would expect me to go like full, like maybe they didn't vote Donald Trump, but they definitely would like write in Gary Vaynerchuk for president. And that to me is the most insidious kind of feel that you could imagine. <laughs> So right now, right now, I think this is going to have to be the closing moment of this podcast. I'm picturing Rick Rude wearing a power vest and just sort of working his hand up and down on that Rick zipper. Rude's, Rick Rude's saying, power vest would be velvet. Velvet. With like studs. Mm-hmm. And, and, and lips on the back. And lips on the back. Saying, everybody shut your mouths so I can take this power vest off. And show the boardroom what a real sexy man is supposed to look like. Oh my god. Hit my music. My character would definitely (laughs) My character would definitely like be in the boardroom in all these scenes with like Triple H, like just like jumping on the table and like fucking shit up in the boardroom. This is my boardroom now. I've got the vest! I've got the vest! Can I, can I offer one additional thought? Yes. <laughs> 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 
Testing. 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 <laughs> testing. 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 Tara. Tara, why are you laughing, Tara? We're just testing. No, don't do the We're word. testing. Testing. You're testing, testing my patience. <laughs> no. <laughs>